Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. And for those of you who have been waiting for me patiently, welcome back. It's been a few weeks and life has definitely been interesting. And I know the majority of you can relate, maybe going a little stir crazy, but hopefully everyone is safe and healthy since a lot of things in our current world seem pretty uninspiring and maybe a little sad or just meh. I think it's a great time to drop this episode. This week we hear from Greg Trainer, and guys, he might be the most passionate and optimistic guest so far. His love for hunting comes through immediately, and when you hear his story and what he overcame to get back to the woods, it, it puts a lot in perspective and inspires the crap out of me. Trust me when I say you all have to give this episode a listen. This is episode number 17. No matter how you get there, get there. I'm Steph, and you're listening to The Woods and Waters Project. glad to have you and I am really appreciative of you reaching out to me on Facebook and commenting on one of my last uh, podcast interviews where my friend Connor and I talked about like barriers of entry into hunting and it, it meant a lot to me to have you reach out and share what you shared because you know to be quite honest like I wanted to talk about people with disabilities Um, in hunting but I didn't know that if I'd be like equipped to talk about that and I wanted to talk about it in an intelligent way and it's not my experience so 
I just think it's really cool that you reached out and said something to me and gave me great feedback that that meant a lot and you shared some of your story with me and some of your friends experiences with disabilities and hunting and it's like super inspiring and I don't know if people realize how crazy cool some of this stuff you guys have done like is and so I'm really excited to have you on the podcast and learn from you and hear your stories because they're really awesome. I really appreciate you having me on and anytime I get the chance to share the outdoors with people and let people know that you know the outdoors are accessible and we can still go hunting we can still go camping pretty much anything we want to do we just have to do it a different way and the experience in itself doesn't change it's just how we do it that's the the thing that changes. Yeah that's like beautiful and it gets me pumped up uh because you know with starting this podcast like my my mission my my thought behind it was that everyone's an outdoorsman um and it didn't necessarily start from the mindset of like a di- you know even like with it with a disability it, it was it, it was just like for me I feel like I've gotten a lot of I've seen people like different types of outdoorsmen hate on each other, you know, and put each other in these boxes. And I feel like I kind of am a little bit of everything. Like I love hiking and I love just being outside, but I love hunting and I love fishing and I appreciate the outdoors in general. And I think that's, everyone needs a little bit more of that, no matter what they, (laughs) I don't know. I think everybody needs it. And so I wanted to have a place to have conversations with all those people and bring everyone together and get all their perspectives and hopefully encourage other people listening to like spend more time outside, whether that's hunting or not, you know? So I just, what you're doing is like a whole nother level, you know, of complexity. Hunting is, and it is quite the hobby and it takes quite some time to become uh, a great hunter, I think. So it's super cool. Well, I, I started hunting whenever I was 12, you know, growing up in Pennsylvania, everybody starts hunting about the age of 12 and when, when I was injured, I was um, injured in a diving accident at 31. So I'd had quite a number of years where I enjoyed the outdoors and hunting and then becoming a quadriplegic. I didn't think I'd ever be able to do that again. So I really missed it and wanted to get back into hunting, but I didn't really know how to do it. Um, there wasn't a lot of information available at the time. But one of the things I had going for me was Whenever I did my rehabilitation, I did it at Shepherd Center in Atlanta, Georgia. And they had such a great therapeutic rec department. Um, They got me shooting an air rifle in a gymnasium pretty much from my hospital bed using adaptive equipment. And even though I wasn't ready to go back hunting then, that always kind of stuck in my mind that, hey, I could do this whenever I'm ready, whenever I get stronger, whenever, you know, I'm, I'm physically in a better place so I I appreciate what you're saying with inclusion and everybody has a place in the outdoors it's just you know finding what works for you and whether you use a crossbow or use a vertical bow or however you hunt we should all you know try to support each other and I've always gotten a lot of great support from people that pretty much can't do enough to want to get me back out and people are always more than willing to go with me and you know help, help me in any way that they can yeah yeah, that, that's awesome. I, I really do. I think, you know, there's always in anything, there's a, I suppose, a couple of bad apples, but I think the hunting community is really supportive and really amazing. So I'm glad that that's been your experience too, because I, I think it's a, 
it's like a family. Like once you find like your network and your people, it's just it's a beautiful thing. So that's really cool to hear. It really is, and it's surprising, you know, using Facebook and Instagram and stuff. How many friends you make throughout the country that, you know, everybody has an idea on how to do things and you kind of collaborate and uh, social media. I mean, there's a lot of pluses to it and a few minuses, but yeah. you know, pe- people really try to help each other out. And, and uh, I, as, as you said, it's kind of like a big family. And if you can talk to people throughout the country with different abilities and different types of disabilities, you can find out what works for somebody and give that a try, you know? Yeah. If, if you don't mind, mind me asking, um, how, how was it that you got ready to hunt again? And like, when did you feel ready to hunt again? Like, could you walk me through that? Yeah. Um, well, my injury happened in 1999 and, uh, I'm a quadriplegic C4-5. So I didn't have really good use of my arms and like no use of my hands. And um, I can't really feel my arms like below my bicep. So when I'm doing things, I have to kind of like look at my hands and still kind of like see what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. But at first I couldn't like move hardly at all. So it took me a long time to get strong enough to want to go back hunting. And then I start watching, you know, hunting shows on TV. And that kind of like pumped me up that, hey, I want to get back out there and, and try this. But I didn't have like any of the equipment and, I use a power wheelchair, um, which it's not as not as accessible to, to get out, you know, in the mud and the leaves and everything. But um, having the right equipment make, makes a big difference. But I started off with just a, a really simple mount and going to the rifle range and, you know, trying to shoot a twenty two again. And um, that's what got me interested in hunting again. And then I, I started checking on some, like, local groups that did some volunteer work and kind of called up a few people and said, hey, you know, would, would you guys uh, have any ideas on how I could go about hunting? Or, you know, have you taken out people with significant disabilities? And they were like, yeah, you know, we'd, we'd be glad to take you out and, and see what works for you. So it took about 10 years to get strong enough both physically and, and mentally to, to want to go out and, and hunt again. Yeah. Yeah. And what, uh, I apologize, what does C4, C5 mean? Um, that's an uh, area in my spinal cord. It's the cervical area. So um, it's a high spinal cord injury, um, but it's like the uh, cervical uh, spine. So C- C1 would be like the, the highest break. And um, I think it goes down to C7 and then you get into sure. lower, lower lower levels on your spinal cord. You, you talked about hunting since you were 12 years old. What was hunting like for you b- before the accident? I was I was such a big bow hunter. Um, I started bow hunting about 15, and I just I fell in love with that. You know, October here in Pennsylvania is just such a beautiful time, and there's not as many hunters out. And uh, I really got addicted to bow hunting. And me and my friends would spend all of October and part of November hunting. And then I started hunting a couple different states with my bow and. Um, that was like my main thing was, was bow hunting. And, uh, I try to do a lot of like 3d archery and stuff before my injury. And I just tried to be, become like the best archer that I could. Yeah. I just, I really enjoyed being out that time of year. I would still rifle hunt if I had tags available, but here in Pennsylvania, you, you can only get one buck. So, um, 
a lot of the times I didn't get the rifle hunt. It was strictly bow hunting, but I was a really independent guy and would like to travel and, you know, hunt different places and hunt with, you know, friends and family. I think what's so cool about that, you know, that process, like it took 10 years for you to get to the point to get back and, and do it again. And from what I know about you so far, it sounds like you're a pretty die hard hunter. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> and that's it's, it's true. That's crazy. That's so I, awesome. I, I really try to take it pretty seriously and, you know, I, I have a good time with it. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. I try to try to plan my hunts and, um, you know, we, we spend a lot of time getting ready for the season and, and shooting and practicing all year. And um, anytime I can be at the range or even out scouting, I mean, anytime I'm outdoors, it's just, it's such a blessing to, to be a part of it. And it's, it's really my therapy and I, I just enjoy the outdoors so much. Yeah. Same. I always, I always say that like archery was like my meditation before I knew what meditation was and, hunting and the outdoors is like my medicine like if I right not in a great place it usually can get me back to at least a you know a decent place <laughs> well you know just just to have the ability to go out there and sit and you know if, if you see some some deer or turkeys or what have you I mean that's a bonus but just getting out and enjoying yourself and you know trying to put a plan together and being out with friends and family that's that's what it's all about yeah yeah do you have like a like a go-to hunting buddy? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, my brother and I hunt together. Beth and I hunt together. Um, one of the things that I look forward to is my buddy Matt um, down in Maryland. He has some property that he leases, and it's kind of like a big adventure. Maryland's about five hours from me, and um, we get out every year and spend a week, and that's kind of like hunting camp. Um, a lot of guys go to camp, but I go to a holiday inn for a week, and <laughs> spend a week at Holiday Inn and eat, eat seafood in the uh, afternoons and then go hunting with Matt in the uh, uh, evening and stuff and it's just a really a good good time to, to look forward to and um, it, it's kind of funny I've got an adapted wheelchair that um, has tanks tank treads on the side of it it's a track fab um, it's a 30 inch model but there's a lot of different types of wheelchairs but I'm driving it through the lobby of this Holiday Inn Express, and uh, people are always looking, you know, I've, I've got my gun mount on the front of it, and my crossbow, and I'm just trekking through the lobby of this uh, hotel, and it's funny, the manager just laughs and says, hey, did you guys get anything tonight? And, you know, it's 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 really funny, it's it, it's a good story, but um, I've got, you know, good, good hunting buddies that, that we hunt with, and uh, try to plan something every year, and went to North Carolina last year, and um, it's fun. It's it's great to be able to hunt different places, not just you know your home uh, your home area. Yeah, I I had a. Um, I mean, it's kind of like back to that hunting industry family and like these really cool people you meet. I there's a gal that I met at a fly fishing retreat a few months ago, and we just like clicked as friends immediately. I only spent a few days with her, but she lives in Maryland, and I had reached out to her the other day, and. Uh, wanted just to come visit her because she just like I don't know she just was one of my people right away and I haven't even known her that long but I miss her and we both love hunting and I I'm like I want to come out to you and she invited me to go after some Sitka deer I didn't know that they even had those in Maryland I feel dumb <laughs> oh, no, no. on the eastern shore that's that's something I, I haven't seen one personally but I, I would love to hunt them um, they're, they're in the area there 
eastern shore around Annapolis, and that's where my my friend Matt has his property. And I would love a chance to to go bow hunting and uh, to take a sit because that would be awesome. Yeah, I hope you get the I hope you get the chance to uh, take one. We'll be looking for pictures. Yeah, thank you. I pre- same same to you. I I I've always wanted to do that, but I, it never really clicked in my head to do that in Maryland, and I didn't. I didn't realize that they were out there. And so when she said that, I was like, what? <laughs> she's, sure. she's like, yeah, come stay with me. We'll go whenever. And I was like, um, yes, <laughs> absolutely. I, I was really surprised about hunting in Maryland. Like we go to the beach on vacation um, down to Bethany Beach every year. And driving through there, you see a lot of the farms and yeah. things like that. But I, I really wasn't aware that it was such a big you know, deer hunting uh, capital, I mean, there's some really huge, huge bucks in that area. And I would just, I wasn't aware until probably five years ago that it was such a great hunting area. Yeah. Is Bethany Beach where like the wild horses are? Uh, no, I think, I think that's down uh, closer um, to like Ocean City area. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. uh, that kind of thing. But um, uh, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. Because, um, I've only been to Maryland to go to DC and then to Ocean City a couple times. Um, so yes, yeah, you're totally right. Bethany's about 10 miles north of Ocean City. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Oh, well, very cool. Same area. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. anticipate that being a heavy deer area at all. <laughs> oh, it, it's, it's surprising. I mean, they got some real hammers out there and, um, hopefully, uh, Hopefully I get a chance to, to get one next year. Yeah. I've harvested a, a five point down there with my crossbow. And last year I got a, a nice side, uh, but I haven't, haven't scored on a, on a 150 or, or anything, you know, huge, but I'm just happy with, with anything I get really. I mean, everything has to come together for me to get a shot. I've got about a 20 or 25 yard left and right kind of window out there that I set up on and I can move my, my uh, mount, you know, side to side only so far so everything has to set up pretty pretty good for me to get a shot yeah and um you kind of went over your setup too is there any other part of your setup we haven't talked about yet well yeah um a buddy of mine uh, jesse watkins and i designed the mount and jesse's a welder by trade so he made this incredible mount for me that i can use my crossbow in my rifle or my shotgun and then I use two different types of trigger activators. I use a sip and puff trigger that yeah. it's almost like a straw that when you suck on it, it's a power trigger that plugs into a, a, a 12 volt accessory outlet and it pulls the trigger for me. And then I have another uh, trigger that's like a crank and it's a, a BMF trigger activator. And uh, I can use my wrist to kind of bump it. So depending on whether or not I'm shooting my crossbow or rifle, um, it depends on what I'm shooting. But there's a lot of commercial mounts available out there um, through like beadaptive.com. They make a bunch of different mounts and the trigger activators. But the mount that I made is kind of custom, and I've been using it for the last 10 years, and Mm -hmm. I really, really love it. it. It's just perfect for me. That's super cool. I love like the visual of like you rolling. I still like can't get that out of my head at the hotel. <laughs> it, it is so funny. I mean, can you imagine not being a hunter and you see this guy in his power wheelchair with treads and I'm, I'm dragging like sticks and branches through the oh, lobby. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I try to get all that stuff off as best, as best we can before we go in. 
but I'd gotten some pretty strange looks rolling down the, the hallway, you know, to my room. And uh, that's the great thing about this chair is it's only 30 inches wide. So I have to charge it up every night. So I just roll it into my my hotel room and, and plug it in for the next day. And then I'm all set, you know. Yeah. That's super rad. And like you had uh, shared a couple stories with me before our call. And when you were sharing about your friend, I think you said turkey hunting and he he is is blind. Yes. And yes. About, um, yep. he, he, he's blind and he actually uses the Tacticams. Um, yeah. I don't I don't know if you're familiar with them or not, yep. but Tacticam really come out with a great camera. But people that can not see, you know, he's he's totally blind. Um, he hooks the film through the scope uh, system to, to a camera and then it connects by Bluetooth to his buddy's uh, phone. And then his buddy can tell him up and down, left and right. So I know they didn't start out designing assistive technology for you know hunters that have visual impairments, but it's really worked out great for people you know that can't see or uh, like people with my with my kind of injury that have trouble with um, eye relief on scopes. Mm-hmm. You could hook it up to your iPad or uh, you know phone, and you're not only filming through it, but you can you you know know when it's safe to shoot and that kind of thing or if you're with a, a young hunter and you want to give them the okay you could hook it right right up to your phone and uh it's just an amazing amazing system i started using it this year to self-film my hunts yeah and um i've got two cameras and a remote so i use a pencil in a universal cuff and i can take the pencil and hit the on and off button and i can film my hunts independently which is a quadriplegic. I never thought that would be possible. And uh, Tacticam, it's a one-button operation. So I was really thrilled to, to find it this year. Yeah, I thought that was so cool. And, like, we were both geeking out in the email about, you know, like, turkey seasons around the corner. And uh, I just think that, like, turkey hunting, it's hard for me to choose sometimes, but turkey hunting's probably one of my favorite things. Um I, I don't really know exactly why. I just get like real geeky about it, and I just I just think that's really cool and like is very. <laughs> I just I've never heard of anything like that, and I, I'm really glad that that exists for people. Like super glad that that exists. Somebody asked me the other day what was my favorite kind of hunt, and I, <laughs> I have to kind of agree with you. Spring turkey here in Pennsylvania is just so much fun, and one of the benefits for me is I always hunt out of a ground blind so with using decoys and calls i'm able to you know call the bird into me mm-hmm. and it, it just makes it a little bit easier when you only have that window of you know 20 feet one way or the other that you have a good shot at so i've been really successful with spring turkey hunting here in pa um you know finding a good location setting up ahead of time and then being able to call the bird in and uh there's something special about spring turkey i think that's always been my favorite um, plus the weather's just so much better, yeah, you know, you true. don't get cold. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a wimp whenever it comes to getting, getting cold. <laughs> I, yeah, like, well, and I guess PA, it probably get, it gets just as cold there as it does here in Iowa. I am pretty positive. It, doesn't it? It, it definitely gets cold in, in rifle season. And yeah. this year, this year was the first time I ever used a heater, you know, this little, um, uh, ground blind uh, buddy heaters. Mm-hmm. I always I always thought that it would spook the deer that they would smell it, but 
I used it this year for the first time and I didn't, I didn't notice any, you know, difference in deer behavior or anything like that. So I'm going to continue to use the heater buddy from now on and people can, uh, make fun of me or whatever, but I stayed warm in the ground blind this year. And, uh, that's definitely how I'm going to approach winters from now on. Yeah. Like I, uh, my dad once told me to take a buddy heater out with me and I, I wouldn't take it with me because I was afraid of that, like scaring off the deer. And he's like, nah, he's like, I'd rather just be, I'd rather be warm and be able to sit out there the whole day versus like, you know, worry about that. And I, I never did it, but I've seen, I've seen him like smoke cigarettes and, and shoot deer. So I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure that it doesn't actually freak him out that bad. I, I didn't notice that it really did. And I was kind of like you, I'm, I'm always, uh, I try to be as scent conscious as I can. And I always thought that that would freak them out. And um, it's kind of funny, a few years ago, we were hunting in Illinois and it was like 15 degrees. And we hunted daylight to dark and just froze our butts off. Of course, I I only get cold from like the the shoulders up. Um, (laughs) That's the only place I can feel. So it it wasn't as as bad as I'm making it out. But we were like, we were were like freezing to death. And I was like, no, I'm not going to use the ground. The, the buddy heater but man anymore i'm definitely gonna use that heater that that's the way to go <laughs> well, um if uh so okay so spring turkey you're thinking is your favorite any other favorites i know there's probably more than one favorite well um white-tailed deer and and um i like the pheasant hunt too um but like pheasant hunting we go to um preserves mm-hmm. and they kind of put for us so kind of makes it like you're pulling up and you kind of know that the birds in the area so it gives me a little bit of, of a chance to get ready um if if i had to like have a like a bucket list hunt i think i'd like to do something like with elk or something like that yeah. i've never hunted elk uh, i've hunted hogs and um i hunted deer down in texas um i'd like to hunt an axis deer something like that uh um anytime i'm out though i heck i'd, I'd hunt squirrels if if uh, that's all there was to hunt, you know, I just, I like being out. <laughs> yeah, me too. So. Me too. I am multi-passionate. It's hard for me to uh, commit to saying something's my favorite. <laughs> so I can very yeah. much relate to what you're saying. Cause I, yeah. I enjoy the process of each one and I enjoy the, I just enjoy being outside and I enjoy the weather change and all, all of it. Um, it's. I, I think the change in seasons, especially here in Pennsylvania with, you know, October, you, you get the visual of the leaves, but it's also this, like the smells, you know, the, the falling leaves and how the woods smell. It's just so different. Yeah. And, uh, ev- everything running around. And, um, we were, we were hunting this, this year, uh, my brother and I, and he forgot to plug my sip and puff trigger in. I don't know if I told you this yeah, story or yeah. not, but <laughs> yeah, we, we were hunting and he, uh, he got me set up about four o'clock. And about 4.30, I, I thought, well, the deer should start to move. And I looked down and my trigger wasn't plugged in. So uh, that, that was the night that I was praying that I didn't see any deer. But, of course, I had some doe, doe come like 20 yards broadside from me that I couldn't shoot at. But it was still fun being out. But uh, that was that was probably like the, the funniest hunt that, you know, something always happens, whether you forget your release or you forget something. And you're quadriplegic and you forget to plug your trigger and that's like the the worst thing that you can do yeah yeah (laughs) well i guess it's kind of like uh forgetting your release 
too. It, like exactly. I mean, <laughs> it's I, and I've definitely done that. I've definitely done that. Uh, I, I've dropped I've dropped it and had to go down the tree before, uh, whenever I was able bodied. You know, yeah. and uh, then you start thinking, well, how much noise can I make and and still see something tonight? You know. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I do know. <laughs> this year has been kind of a disaster for me, so <laughs> it's fresh in my mind. Um, could you tell me uh, more about Accessible Hunter and the organization that you started? Yeah. Um, well, going back to whenever I first started hunting, that was in 2010. There really wasn't any information available, or very very little, I should say. So I started a blog just to kind of say, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is how how I'm hunting, how I'm setting up my mount, how I pull the trigger. And it was kind of like just my diary. And I did that for a long time. And I had a lot of followers and they were asking questions and kind of like motivated me to, to do a little bit more. So I um, started Accessible Hunter as a website. And then I, I do it a lot, almost, you know, several times a week uh, on Facebook. And we just hit 5,000 followers um, on the Facebook account. So yeah. that was pretty cool. Really cool. And um, after I was on uh, Working Class Bowhunter podcast, I, I loved it. And I thought, man, I'd like to talk with other people with disabilities. So Mike Cutson, he runs a charity down in South Carolina called Roar. And he and I do a, a podcast about every other week or so. And we just talk with people with disabilities throughout the country and see what they're doing and the equipment they're using. So we do it mostly the accessible hunter just to kind of show people how how people with disabilities can still get out there. It's not so much a hey look at you know Greg Trainer kind of deal, but look how successful people are and different disabilities they have, and this is what they're doing, and kind of motivate people, especially people that are newly injured, mm-hmm. that hey you can still do this just a different way, yeah. and um, don't don't be afraid to try it, and you're gonna have successes and failures. Just like, you know, able-bodied people or before your injury. I mean, I didn't kill a deer every time I went out before I was hurt. And I'm I'm sure not doing that now. And if we could, it wouldn't be fun anyway. Nobody would want to do it if it was guaranteed, you know. It's it's always the stories of the one that got away that I think you remember the most. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think that's true. (laughs) You've got some experience that way. I can tell by by your laugh and that's funny. Yeah, my... Yeah, <laughs> but after, you know, I get, usually people in my family poke some fun at me for, you know, mistakes and misses and failures, uh, but, you know, usually my my dad, who has been hunting a long time, um, will, you know, pipe up eventually after he's had his go at me, and then, you know, share he'll share with me, like, he's like, look at the deer I have on my wall. He's like, I have missed even bigger deer. He's like, I have, I have messed up more times than I've been successful. He's like, the reason I was successful sometimes was dumb luck. And other times it was because I did mess up and I got better. And it, it's cool to hear him say that, but he usually gives me hell for like three days before he ever motivates me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, the motivation's coming. It just takes yeah. a couple of days yeah. to get there. Huh? He's just trying to toughen oh, me that's up. Funny. Yeah. It's like, it, it never fails. It, I always think he's going to say something like sweet and inspiring. And I'm like, Nope. <laughs> nope. Well, the, well the, the person who tells you that they never miss, you know, is lying yes. because we, we all miss. And if it, if it wasn't exciting, you know, like 
I, I get really nervous. It seems like after the shot, yeah. I'll like shake, shake like crazy after the shot. Yes. But I, I try to go through a, a scenario in my head that, okay, here he's coming. You know, it's, there, there's an opening right here. If he just stops there, I kind of calm myself down with that kind of thing. But I swear after the shot, I'm like a 12 year old all over again, shaking and oh my God, I can't believe that's what happened. And you know, it's, it's so exciting still. And if it wasn't, I I wouldn't do it. Right. You know, Um, but everybody misses. So that's, that's part of the fun and poking fun at your buddies. That's, that's even better, (laughs) you know? Yeah, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) I I love it too. Cause I, you know, for me, if, especially you know if i'm if i go a little deep with this like especially in in not so great times like if if hunting was completely taken away from me i i feel like i'd fall apart a little bit and because it's just been part of my life for so long like i i can't i can't imagine that not being a part of my life and so i i just think it's so crazy cool to hear like the examples you've given to me you know before this and now of people like they're they're not there's ways to make this work for you and there's ways to keep doing this and have it be part of your life and just try it and I and I really appreciate what you're saying about especially maybe like the newly injured because I'm I'm sure for them there's a point where they're like oh my god can I ever do this again (laughs) you know like is that is that gone now <clears throat> for me, for me, you know, when I was first hurt, I was so lucky to be exposed to, you know, you can still shoot, you can still target shoot, you can hunt, you can camp. I don't think I was really ready to hear that at the time, you know, to like want to go out and try it that, that week. Yeah. But I, that always stuck with me. And it was in the back of my mind that, you know, I can do this again. And as I got stronger, I, I kind of motivated myself to, okay, I, I want to do, you know, different things now. And if somebody's thinking about it, they don't have to go out and spend thousands of dollars and, but you know, buy the the same wheelchair that I have and the the mounts and everything. You can start off really simple. I mean, I got buddies that pull the trigger using a coat hanger, you know, and and some duct tape. I mean, everybody doesn't. I I swear to God, and, yeah. and they're successful at it, you know. Yeah. So you don't have to go out and spend tons of money and um, jump in like that. I mean, if if you want to use you know, off the shelf equipment and, and just kind of like brace your gun and, and pull the trigger with a string. I mean, as long as you're safe and you practice and, yep. and you're ethical to the game and you only take good shots and things like that, there's hardly anything I can think of that a, a person wouldn't be able to, to try it if they have, you know, some movement at all or the, the ability to, to pull a trigger just using their mouth. You know, if you can suck on a straw, you can pull a trigger. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's super cool. Uh, what about like, have you had any experience with people who might have a injury or disability and they were not hunters before and they're getting into it now? Have you had any experience with that? It seems like a a, a lot of people that are not hunters go into the archery programs. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, we got a couple of uh, clubs around the area that people with disabilities are, are shooting and, um, they, they love the archery programs and you don't have to be a hunter, yep. you know, to still get out there and shoot. And here we have the state game lands. Um, we have ranges that are wheelchair accessible. And I've seen guys that, you know, come up and, and go shooting and I've talked to and 
they don't really have uh, any desire to go hunting, but they buy a permit to still use the ranges. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's still getting out there and, and uh, shooting and target shooting. It seems more archery than, yeah. than rifles, at least in my experience. Sure. Um, but, uh, you know, kids, I, kids especially, um, yeah. the, the junior archery programs in the area. I think archery is a little bit of a, you know, a gateway drug too. Cause I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I just, in my experience, you know, I've, I've with coaching archery, I've had a handful of people who are like, Oh no, no, I have no interest in bow hunting. And then they do archery for a little bit and they're like, yeah, so can you tell me more about bow hunting? <laughs> and I feel like that could be the same. Like I, I do think it's, a, it spikes like curiosity a little bit, I think. Uh, and I, I, I think the, yeah. the more you're exposed to something and the more people you meet, you know, you have such such a great opportunity to try things. And it, personally, if, if I get to talk to, to somebody and encourage them to even try archery at the range, if that leads to something else, you know, great. But if it just gets them out and lets them enjoy their day and, uh, you know, they can get better at something and, and see an accomplishment. And, you know, we started off with groups that were, two feet wide now we're shooting groups that are you know eight inches i mean that's you know a blessing for people to get out and and enjoy things yeah definitely i could not agree more because i think that they can yeah archery by itself is uh you know my love language anyway but you know bow hunting is a whole nother level (laughs) of obsession but i totally agree that I, i i think it's an empowering uh activity for anybody Absolutely. And if you're going to get serious about it, it does become an obsession. I uh, hardly know any casual bow hunters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Uh, Either love, love it love it, or get frustrated with it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they see like crazy amount of luck or they're that good. Because I, I, I mean, I have met, but you know, those, those bow hunters that are really like they go out a few times a year and they're successful every time. They had, I feel like most of them at some point had to have been a little obsessive about it to get that good where they can limit their time. Because I uh, I got out pretty much every weekend this year and I didn't have such a great season, but I know people who went out twice, you know, and had well, a lot of success. I'm, I'm right there with you. I, <laughs> I hunted a lot this year. I was happy to harvest a doe. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's it's not so much about always getting a deer, but sure. you definitely want an op- you definitely want an opportunity. I mean, it makes it that much better when when you get something. Yeah. Um, Have you had a favorite hunting experience so far? If you could pick one. Um. I know this is going to sound crazy, but I think my first my first hunting experience coming back. Is, is a person with a disability will always stick with me as being my my favorite uh, hunting experience because I didn't think I would be successful and it, it's really funny I was hunting in a cemetery doing deer management oh. <laughs> so, so okay there, there's, there's this there's this group there's this group in Pittsburgh uh, whitetail management and um, it's the group that I initially contacted about going hunting again and they were like sure you know we we hunt uh we take people take people out and we're gonna go hunting in the cemetery as part of deer management 
and you know you'll you'll probably get an opportunity. So I was newly injured, not in any you know big big track chair or anything. I was just in my power chair and um, sitting in a ground blind, and I had really a basic mount, and I was using a hand crank trigger, and um, I didn't see anything in the morning, and my brother John was getting all cramped up, and he said. I'm going to lay behind the ground blind, believe it or not, and go to sleep. <laughs> so so he goes behind the ground blind and lays down and goes to sleep. And I can hear him snoring. And that didn't seem to bother the deer that were walking by. So this doe walked by at like 30 yards and stopped. And I shot. And I don't know if you're familiar with crossbows about how loud they are. But when the, when the crossbow went off, it woke him up behind the, the ground blind and startled him. And he was like, dude, did you get one? And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I got it. And it, it ran down over the hill. And um, he's like, oh, well, you know, we're going to wait a couple of minutes here. And, and uh, you know, we're going to call the guys. And they uh, started blood trailing it. And it was just right down over the hill. And that was probably like probably my favorite, favorite hunt. And I've been on a lot of hunts. Yeah. But, you know, just to be able to know that, hey, I can still do this. This is okay. I'm, I'm going to be successful at it. And then that evening, I, I got a nice 8.2 so uh it sounds weird to say hunting in a cemetery was my favorite hunt no but, that's, uh, so, that's a great it, story it, it, it was just being able to to get back out there for the first time that i had not hunted in 10 years yeah. and to be able to go out bow hunting again and you know it wasn't ideal i mean i'd never hunted a cemetery before in my life i always hunted by myself i never hunted with some somebody in a ground blind with me that kind of thing but you know, it, it was different, but it was still hunting. And um, I was able to pull the trigger myself. I mean, I, I can't feel my hand. So when I'm using the, the crank trigger, I have to look through the scope and then look at my hand and kind of go back and forth. Um, so I'm a lot more accurate using the sip and puff trigger. But I was just starting out. And, you know, it was it was just such a thrill, I guess, to, to shoot that doe and to make a good ethical shot on her that I hit right where I was aiming. And, you know, she didn't run very far and we were able to make a, a good recovery. And then the guys were like, you know, hey, trainer, great shot. You know, you're the you're the first person with a disability that ever killed one out of a ground blind. And, you know, you're, you're doing great. And I wasn't looking for like an ego boost, but I was like, man, may, maybe I can really do this, you know. And it was it was just such an experience that I don't think I'll I'll forget that, that that motivated me that I want to go on more hunts and I want to get better and. I want to, you know, do more, you know, this is, this is something that I can, I can still do this and I want to get better at it. And it motivated me to, to practice more and to, to also get back into, you know, turkey hunting and going after pheasants. And um, it just really opened up the door for me. And that doe was not the biggest doe in the world, but I could not have been happier to, to put my tag on it that day, you know? Yeah. Heck Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I like, I, well, first off, your, like, attitude about everything is so, uh, like, amazing, like, you're just, I don't know, like, just talking to you, I've never even met you, and you just have always, like, every conversation have just been so, like, like a light, <laughs> like, you really are, like, you're really lovely to talk to. I, I get fired up when we're talking about hunting. That's, yeah. that's the thing that really motivates me. I can, you can, I can tell. talk bow hunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can I mean, absolutely tell. It's, it's a passion of mine. And, uh, you know, it's it's what I really enjoy doing. And, 
uh, I don't know what I'd do if I didn't get a chance to go out and do that. And uh, I'm just really thankful that, that I still have the opportunity. And I think that's the main thing that I, I don't take it for granted because I know that not everybody gets the opportunities I do. And not everybody gets to go hunting again. And, you know, I've, I've been really fortunate that I can still do pretty much everything I want to do hunting. I just have to do it a different way. And, and we always say, no matter how you get there, get there, you know, yeah. doesn't matter if you're using a wheelchair or if you're using a walker or, you know, what, what you're doing, just get out there and try and don't be afraid to make mistakes. And, you know, it's, it's, it's still hunting, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. No matter how you get there, get there. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 what I, we like to say. I just wrote that down <laughs> to remind myself. <laughs> well, good. Yeah, it's, it's it's true though. I mean, a lot of people can kind of get hung up on, you know, well, how do you get out there? You know, what do you do? Or do you need, you know, need this equipment? Or do you need that? You know, just get out there and hunt. I mean, if you hunt out of your vehicle here in PA, we can get permits to hunt out of our vans. And you know, if you can't get out of the woods, but you can, you know, park you know, someplace and, and hunt out of your vehicle, you know, that's still hunting. I mean, I rifle hunted on state game lands out of my, out of my van this year. And it's, it's a full size, you know, Dodge Pro Master. It's huge. And, um, I, I'm not trying to be in stealth mode at all whenever I'm hunting out of that, Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's a giant van, but that's still hunting to me. I mean, yeah. I had the side door open and it was just like a ground blind. So, um, it's no matter how you get there, get there, you know? Yeah. And that sounds, I mean, like my best life. Like I would kind of like to live in a van. (laughs) (laughs) I I am so thankful to have this van because I can put my everyday wheelchair in it and then I can put my track fab in it. So when I travel, I don't have to trailer the um, outdoor chair anymore. Yeah. And I just, I I find that I use it so much more now that I could just get in it and um, it's got the rehab seating in it and everything. So I can do my weight shifts in it and basically stay in it all day. Don't have to transfer in and out of it. And it's, it's fun. So I, I enjoy getting out. I, I really do. Yeah. And, and like I said, you can, you can tell <laughs> from the beginning <laughs> to, to now, like that you get excited and passionate about it and that it like genuinely matters to you. Uh, Absolutely. and Absolutely. that's, that's, I mean, that's what it's all about. Like everyone's hunt is different. You know, some people do it more for meat or time with their family or time outdoors or, you know, the adrenaline rush or whatever it is. Um, but I don't think it's ever for like just one reason, you know, there's always like, I, I, unless you're like a cold stone killer or something, I really, I think most people love hunting for a multitude of reasons and that it's on some level is like healing and um, therapeutic for them in some way, like even if they don't want to admit it. it, it exactly. And I, I heard a phrase this year, I, I don't know where I hunt, heard it, but it's uh, hunt your own hunt, you know? So yeah. what, what works for me might not work for you or what motivates me might not motivate you. And uh, as long as, as long as you're enjoying yourself and, you know, trying to get out there and, and spend time and, and getting better, uh, you know, hunt your own hunt and, everybody's motivated a different way. And I know a lot of hunters don't hunt daylight to dark and I can't do that every day anymore. Um, but you know, if you can get out there for a couple hours and, and enjoy the time with your friends and family, that's, that's great. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more with that. 
Uh, is there, for anyone listening who would want to like learn more or be helpful or make a change in someone's life that way, like how can other people be helpful to others to get them out hunting? Like any words of advice or words of wisdom? Sure. I mean, not only for people with disabilities, but anybody that can take somebody out hunting or, you know, take them to the shooting range and and get them exposed. If you have friends that that don't hunt, you know, maybe talk it up a little bit and and let them know that, you know, we're not all a bunch of kind of rednecks out there (laughs) drinking, drinking beer and and shooting at everything that moves, you know, that we're conservationists and, you know, we're trying to get out there and, and do the best for, uh, you know, the white tail population or turkeys and, you know, talk to your friends that aren't hunters and let them know that, you know, you take it really seriously and you're passionate about it and share your passion with them. And if you know somebody that you think would enjoy it, get them out there. And if you know somebody that maybe used to go hunting and is no longer able to get out if they're elderly or, or something like that and, you know, have a hard time getting back out, you know, may, maybe contact, uh, them and see if, if they need help dragging their deer out or you know hey would you like to go out for a couple hours and you know get somebody that no longer goes because it's a little bit too difficult for them or uh you know if you have a friend that has a young child that that wants to, to get out hunting you know take take them to the range and do a little target shooting with them and explain gun safety or like you as an archery instructor you know try to get people to to shoot more and you know just encourage everybody that you can and let them know how much uh, you enjoy it. And I think that it kind of rubs off on people and it gets infectious that if you enjoy it and you like talking about it and you talk about it in the right way, I think a lot of people can get curious and, and want to try it, you know? Absolutely. I, I think uh, some people look like look at me and think I'm a serious cornball when I say stuff like this, but uh, I, 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 I genuinely believe that every person on this earth is not an accident and I think that you know people might disagree with this but I I think everyone has a story and like a set of gifts that they bring and I think that there's always someone watching us who's like inspired by us or like really needs our story and really needs what lights us up to like show you know like I, I think that there we hurt everyone around us by not showing that like not letting our passions just be what they are uh i think sometimes you know for me what i've over like starting to overcome is is speaking up more and talking about the things i really love because you know for a while i was like who am i to talk about that you know i'm i'm a mediocre at best (laughs) so like you know i'm not buying that for a second (laughs) yeah i I understand you know know, not not speaking up and yeah and and I, i understand that too and you know, I think it's important that people realize that everybody does have a story to tell and how far an encouraging word goes to somebody. And you may not motivate them today. It might take three three days to motivate them yeah, you know, to, sure. to, to, to do something. But, you know, kind, kind words are to encourage people. That goes so far. And yeah. it, it really does how many people you can touch. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and... I love it. Just like encourage and show them and mentor. And I think that is in so many other areas, even outside of hunting, like that's what we need. We need more mentors, more people willing to, 
just like give a little bit of their time to show someone else how to do something. You know, even if it's once, maybe it doesn't click with them. Like that's okay. But right. yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that's, that's great. And then, uh, I started asking this in the beginning of my podcast to every guest and then I kind of stopped for a little bit and I'm going to start it back up again. Uh, what is your next adventure? Well, I'm definitely going to go spring turkey hunting. So <laughs> that's, that's my next hunt. Um, my next adventure, this might sound like not a big deal, but I'm going to go do some shed hunting, uh, here in PA. So I'm, I'm hoping to, to get out, uh, on the state game lands and, um, do a little shed hunting and hopefully find, you know, some, some bucks that made it through and start planning for, for next year already. Um, but I'm going to go shed hunting as soon as, uh, the weather gets just a little bit better here and then spring turkey hunting. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. And, um, that's that's my next big adventure. <laughs> I I don't think that's like I think shed hunting is like I love <laughs> shed hunting and I think there's a lot of people who get real geeky about that too. Uh, I I know it's not everyone's thing, but I think it's a great way to like get excited about the year ahead oh. and plan. It's, it's like finding gold, you know. Hey, yeah. look at this, and you know, wow, this was a nice one. How do we miss this one this year? And that kind of thing, or even to think, oh, he made it through, you know, and how big is he going to be this year? So it, uh, it, it's exciting for me. I, I just like getting out and rolling around and hopefully find some. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I, uh, I'm, I really, I get like really excited pretty easy <laughs> and I, I try to <laughs> <Me> like <too. laughs> hone my, hone my energy in on the areas that I mostly hunt, but I am kind of dabbling a little bit at this state park that's near my house. Uh, because a couple years ago, you know, I can relate on, on some levels to when you talked about, you know, not hunting for a little bit and then getting back into it full force and doing that management hunt. Um, not quite the same, but I had like four years off where I really didn't hunt at all because I was so focused in my career, but I was miserable, you know, like I just, I was sure. missing that part. I really wanted to work really hard to be successful, but I wasn't doing any other things that I loved. And, um, when I started to make more time for it, I went right into a management hunt. And when I, I could only shoot does and the days that I went out, all I saw were bucks. I never saw a doe <laughs> the entire time. And I was like, this cannot be real. <laughs> like this cannot oh. be a real thing. So, what, are, what are the odds in that? Right? <laughs> and in one day I had six bucks in oh, sitting geez. in my stand and so I've been going out a little bit. It's a little early probably, but I, I know some people are finding sheds right now. Uh, I have been shed hunting that area just to torture myself because I'm never going to shoot those bucks, but it's near my house. And it, I just thought that was kind of a weird, cool experience, like to be surrounded by bucks and not be able to shoot them. But uh, I've been kind of just playing around out there and seeing if I can find any sheds and back where my stand was uh, a couple years prior. But, you, you had to just be shaking your head, not another buck, no. not another buck. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it just, and they didn't even care, you know? They, like, hung oh. out within 20 yards of my stand, and uh, it, it, like, one bedded down, like, 25, maybe 30 yards away, and Jeez. it was just like, what? <laughs> this is never going to happen to me again, ever. No, no, that, that, was, that was a once-in-a-lifetime buck experience. Yeah, and that was before I was, like, kind of into like social media and really videotaping stuff too so I have only a couple grainy videos of it and um 
you know, every time I'm prepared with like filming, like self filming myself, nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, 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 ne- I never make a good shot whenever it's on video, but yeah. if I miss it's it's all over video and it's yeah. crystal clear. Yep. That's funny. Yeah. But true. But true. <laughs> uh, was there, and so was there anything else I, that you would like to talk about or share? Cause I'm, I'm all ears. Uh, if there's anything I didn't cover. No, I, I really appreciate you having me on the podcast and all that you do for, you know, hunting in general and for really reaching, reaching out and letting me, you know, talk about disabled hunting and hunting with a disability. And I just appreciate what you did. And um, I'm looking forward to you know, talking to you for a long time and finding out how you do in uh, spring turkey this year. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely compare notes and maybe I'll learn uh, how to get some bigger bucks from you. Yeah. And I hope so. I hope we stay in touch and I can't wait to hear about your turkey season. And this is kind of off the record too, but just like, and maybe I'll, maybe I'll keep this on here, but uh, turkey season just recently, my, this last turkey, uh, last May, my little brother, uh, the day we were supposed to pack up and leave to go to Montana with my dad and do a Miriam hunt, the three of us, uh, that day, my brother got in a really bad work accident and an excavator line snapped. And so like the excavator scoop basically came down and picked my brother up and threw him. And he had, uh, so he has, uh, his spleen no longer works. He had damage to his liver, broke majority of his ribs, shattered his right arm, uh, damaged both of his kidneys so one of them doesn't work and there's a small percentage of one that does work so he is on dialysis three times uh, a week and if you saw him right now like my dad always says he's like if I he's like if you had me in my 50s in that hole he's like I would have died in that hole but my brother you know was 23 24 at the time and so he actually, from his adrenaline, helped get himself out of the hole that he was in. Because he was, like, helping lay pipe for the Jeez. union. Um, and if you saw him now, like, you wouldn't have any idea that, you know, he's on dialysis and that his right arm is, like... But you can tell because it's a little... It's smaller because it's still healing because he has uh, a lot of... I'm not using the right... Like, metal in his arm, you know, to help sure. it, rebuild and stuff. Uh, pins and things like that yeah yeah and uh you know now my brother is similar to me he's kind of like a gypsy soul and really loves to travel and wants to do a lot of crazy things he's an adrenaline junkie and uh he's kind of a wild child and you know he's he's my little brother so i'm i'm very very protective and that really sucked because that was going to be a trip that we did together that we've never done anything like that and it you know it came to a, a stop and he isn't shooting a bow right now. He uh, did buy himself a crossbow. He, he's really into guns. I'm really into bows. He's really into guns. So that kind of works for him. And it's just made him get way more into guns. But we are going to spend most of our spring turkey together. So he's going to spring turkey hunt with me in Iowa. And then he's going to come with me to Nebraska as well. Uh, in between like dialysis appointments and stuff. So this year okay. spring turkey is really special to me. And like our conversation, it's, it's not the same thing, but it uh you know hit hits home for me because someone who's really special i i didn't know if i was ever gonna get to see him again let alone ever hunt with him again so 
it's just uh, sure. a cool thing that, that you do. That, that's that's just amazing that that he survived and he was in such great shape. You know, it, it probably determined you know his survival and for him to get back out there and start using a crossbow and for you guys to go spring turkey. I hope you double up on that because <laughs> that, that's that's an amazing amazing thing to be so seriously injured and still on dialysis and be able to go out you know with you and for you guys to share that time in the woods together i think that is so special and whether you get anything or not you're already successful but i i sure i really hope that you guys tag out together that that'll make a memory that you'll have for the rest of your lives and uh, I can't wait to see the pictures and the, <laughs> the, the green, the grainy video of it will be perfect. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And like yeah. he got his first buck this year and like, you know, he, he doesn't, I mean, he's not holding back on me at all. You know, like he got his first buck and he got a really nice buck this year. And the next day my dad got like, the second biggest buck he's ever gotten in his life. They both went out like twice the entire year and they both got very, very nice deer and I didn't get anything. And wow. <laughs> you know, my brother is like just ripping into me like, look what I got. I went out one time and I'm like, yeah, you went shotgun, you jerk. <laughs> Anybody can kill him with a shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're totally right. Like this, this season is, uh, whether we get him or not, I, I definitely hope we do because the Grand Turkey Grand Slam is like my number one hunting goal. Uh, but if I could start chipping away at that with my little brother, that would be like especially special to me. So, absolutely, yeah. Thank you for uh, everything that you do and for your time and being super supportive of me. And you've just been like so awesome to get to know, and I, I really look forward to like continuing this friendship and conversation. I, I very much value it. So thank you. You're, you're so welcome. And thanks again for having me on. And I really enjoyed talking with you about hunting. <laughs> and hopefully I wasn't too excitable because I get pretty passionate about it. But thank you for all you do. And I, I really enjoyed talking with you tonight. <laughs> oh, nothing to apologize about. You're, you speak super well and you can tell your passion for it uh, right away. And that's what that's what like this industry needs. So I appreciate it. How about Greg guys? Do you hear like that passion in his voice and just how happy talking about hunting makes him? That's what it's all about for me. I, I really hope we can get Greg back for another episode or follow him along on his next adventures. Once the world kind of gets back to normal. Thank you so much for listening, and there's a lot of really great stuff coming up the next few weeks. I am so excited to get back into the podcast. That break was way too long, and I miss it, and please send me your ideas, reviews. If you have a guest that you want to hear from or a topic you want to hear about, please reach out to me. You can reach out to me at hello at woodsandwatersproject.com. Find me on Instagram. I want to hear all your ideas, but thank you so much, guys. Stay safe and healthy. Until next time.